Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. My next guest is usually on to talk about all things driving, but today, as we're in the middle of Shocks and the Gaelge, he's here predominantly to talk under a different capacity as Irish language officer at St. Joseph's JA Club. But he's, he has very kindly decided to answer some questions in relation to the news story this morning about uh, learner drivers and the penalty points. And he joins me in the studio with Dane Ty. Good morning to you, Dane. Majin Vah, Alan. Just to Ek Eilerish. Good yeah. morning, nice to see you again. Yeah, it's, it's lovely to talk to you. We'll get on to the couple of Fuckle in just a second. But yeah. uh, look, one of the, the points we need to clarify is the situation with N plate drivers driving on motorways. We were speaking to Sergeant Matthews. I think we're agreed as regards L plate drivers, they shouldn't be anywhere near a motorway on their own, should they? Absolutely, yeah. And L plate. L plate. Yeah. So if you're learning to drive and you're on a learner's permit and you're doing your 12 lessons, basically, if you have an L plate in simple language, you're not allowed on on a motorway at all. You're allowed on a dual carriageway, a national road, fine, but not a motorway. But it is uh, perfectly fine for an end plate driver to drive on the motorway. But it is important to say that I, I always believe in a graduated approach to driving. So I really believe that it's so important to have someone with you on the motorway when you're going on it for the first, second, third time. Because it kind of, you know, it softens the blow of the shock of the motorway and the higher speeds and the extra lanes. So it's certainly very, very advisable to have a fully qualified driver with you when you're on a motorway, certainly. So where, where Colin was talking there, it's important, if you can at all, have, an, uh, have a qualified driver with you. Yes. But on no account should you... Ha- a, a, an N-plate driver can't accompany an L-plate driver. Is that, that's another important that's point. Right. Yeah. So if, yeah. you, if you're stopped by Angara, as you call it, and you have the N-plate... Mm-hmm. So you're a, a novice driver. Novice it? driver, yeah. yeah. So there's and a you're with a learner driver. You're not actually qualified to be a qualified driver with them, are you? Absolutely, and that's a good distinction and a good point to make. You have to be a fully qualified driver for over two years. Your end plates last for two years from the time you pass your test. And there's certain restrictions like a lower penalty points threshold and a lower blood alcohol limit. And you have to you you, you cannot be an accompanying driver if you are an end plate driver. Yeah, that's correct. Right, so just to, to, to clarify that again, it, it would be advised initially to have somebody with you, but an end plate driver can drive on a motorway. Absolutely, yes. yes. I think that clarifies that first in case there was any confusion. Caller said that his daughter's failed the driver's test twice. The last time was due to a small issue. She has a small baby and can't drive her car to the local shop, even though she's completed all her lessons and is well able to drive. Now, you're a YouTuber as well, and you, and you uh, f- free gratis, let people t- check in. So to somebody like that, what do you what do you say to them, Dan? Well, first of all, I sympathise with them. I say I say I, I'm sorry to hear that about her difficulties. But r- r- sorry, remind me again, Alan. Was what, did, did she fail the test for some reason, or was it? Yeah, was I the, think uh, it's it's a phone message. I'll go back to it there yeah. now. I just I need to find it again. Yeah, yeah. It has failed the driver test twice. The last time was due to a small issue. Uh, do you have to yeah, do? Small, you have to reset the, the full test. Yes. Yeah. You see, if there's a small issue now, I, I'm not sure what she means, but it could be like, for example, a warning light on the dashboard has come on or perhaps an NCT, there's dispute over the NCT being out of date, because there's a, there's a bit of a dispute at the moment, and I'm not sure your listeners are aware of this amongst the driving test, um, in the driving test scenario, where a learner driver can do a driving test when their NCT is out of date by three months. There's a three-month extension, but some driving testers are still refusing to take people out, even though the extension is in place. And that is becoming very, very frustrating to us driving instructors and even to learner drivers as well. And then people wonder why are there so many end plates on the road? And why like, is this happening? Do you know, Dan? Because the queues and sorry, the waiting list to do an NCT is so long that the RSA have to have 
correctly decided to, to give learners a bit of a break and to say that okay, if your NCT is out of date by by less than three months, so if you're if, like three months ago is what do we now mark? So if you have an NCT that went out in December, say you can still do your driving test even though the NCT is out of date. But unfortunately, some driving testers are still refusing to take people out even though the exception is clearly there. And then we wonder why there's so many people on end plates getting penalty points. Yeah, but let's let's take a completely different uh, attack on this whole area of waiting for the driving test as well and like the listener there so you know when you, you you fail your NCT and you go back and they recheck what they need to recheck and then they pass you yeah could that be applied to driving tests as well whereby if somebody has failed on a three-point turn but they've done everything else right why do they have to reset the whole test why can't they just the, reset the reset uh, the piece they failed would that speed that's, up things I think it would yeah yeah actually that's something I never really gave a lot of thought to but even just as you're posing that question I can see the I can see the benefits of it there the problem with the driving I only want in, 10% of any profits <laughs> that come from this by the way <laughs> that's, it's a very good idea I can certainly see see the the, the logic in it because it's kind of like a one-side fits all policy with the driving test you know you could have people who are waiting to do their driving test um, and there could be really 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 good drivers and they just need to get that test to get past the to to get to get so you weren't coming from maybe the hill start is what failed you or maybe the three point turn but you did everything else right yeah so I think that's a a very idea worthy of consideration because I think we need to have a little bit of imagination and a little bit of flexibility mm. with the driving test. Because I, the last time I was on here, I pointed out that the driving test hasn't changed in the last 30, 40 years, yeah. bar, bar one or two little minor tweaks with the engine checks. The RSA are very, very slow to modernise the driving test. Okay. I think we'll park the driving test, if you pardon the pun for the moment, and get on to the main reason you're here with me now, which is the Irish language. You're a Gaeilgore yourself. You love it. Can you tell it's me why you love it? Bralum on Gaeilge. Yeah, I I would have loved Irish in school. I would have. I would have. I wouldn't have went to a Gael school or a man school. And as an adult, I came back to it, and I just started falling in love with it about seven or eight years ago. And I started a YouTube channel. And the thing that got me into it was um, the beauty of the language, how poetic it is, and how it's linked to our history and heritage and folklore. And if I'm ever introducing anybody to the Irish language, I'd often ask them, "Do you know the Irish for certain?" native animals and maybe I'll ask you Alan do you know what the Irish is for a wolf no Mactira. Mactira. I should remember that yeah, oh, yeah. and that, that just goes to show you a lot of people I would have remembered that in school now exactly, that you yeah. said to me yeah, yeah. yeah and a lot of people have Irish buried in the back of their heads but they don't know it's there so Mactira, Mach is sun and Tira is land Tira gan Changa Tira gan Anam a country without and a, that's the Irish for wolf yeah son of the land it's very poetic it's yeah. it's a, it's kind of like when you see the, the world through the eyes of the Irish language you kind of see the world in a different way uh, Ladybird Boeing Day Boeing Boeing Day. Day. So Bo is a cow and Ean, when you add Ean after something it makes it small or young, like a Colleen as a young girl. So Boeing Day it basically means God's little calf. Uh Boeing Day. And then do you know the Irish for a fox? Oh, I do Majorua. Very good, yes, Mahu. That's great. So Majorua, it's almost like childlike. You can imagine a child standing beside yeah. a field. Are you an ex CBS boy? No, CBS. Oh, CBS in Escorty, yeah. yeah. And right. then Peter's College, Wexford. Well, we had a wonderful teacher in the CBS, in Mick McInerney, and he loved Irish language, hurled for Galway, and he instilled, and had a great teacher in the primary as well, Donald Thompson. Wonderful. And the late Paddy Ryan, who was a presenter here, yeah. and Pat Crem, and there's some of the teachers. Teachers had a huge influence influences, didn't they? With they did, Irish yeah, language. yeah they, they did, and they're very often the first 
first first port of call for people, young people in our, in the Irish language if they're not yeah. going to Gwell School, because they're the people that kind of express the language to them and they teach it as best they can, yeah. I'll tell you a funny story. Years ago we debated about the presentation secondary school and Pat Kremen gave one of the lads this word. He said, now when it comes to a certain point of debate, you say this word and you say it with passion. He said, no problem, uh, Muntor. So he said the word, said it with passion, and then one of the girls in the presentation challenged him what he said, but he didn't know what he'd actually said. <laughs> so he, he couldn't answer the question. So, I mean, yeah. debating in Irish, there's so many ways you can love the Irish language, isn't there? There is, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can have, you, you can do debates in it, you can have, you can see signage in supermarkets, Tesco yeah. has some Irish language signage, you can, some shops in, in yeah. not just Wexford, but around the country will have Irish language names. There's, there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of ways to incorporate Irish. And as I said, a lot of Irish people kind of have an awkward relationship with the Irish language. A fear. There's a fear yeah, to use it. A fear, yeah. maybe an embarrassment that they don't have it. And, and they shouldn't feel that way because it's there for everybody. It's, it's non-judgmental. It's part of our history, heritage mm. and folklore. And a lot of people will understand a lot more than they think they would before right. they started if they may just make the effort and give it a try. Have you covered all the animals you want to mention? Because well, we're going to move more. on to place yes. names now. Yes, and uh, some interesting extra place names. Well, Fox, as you said, Majoru, the red dog. And I was just going to say, you can imagine a child standing beside the field looking and say oh look at the red dog Majoru it's very yeah. kind of like d- descriptive that way yeah. um, Cot Cream is a pine mark pine martin sorry Cot okay. Cream it's like oh, a it's, okay. it literally translates to a cat tree and then Madra, is- Madra Ishka is a water dog but it's basically like an otter yeah. So there's some wonderful names there. And one of my favourite, favourite words in Irish is not an animal, it's not a place name, it's the Irish for what I had a lot of on my face when I was younger, freckles. Do you by any chance know the Irish I haven't a clue, you've caught me in that one. <laughs> it's a tricky one. Pogini Grena. Pogini Grena. Yeah. As a young boy, I was a little bit self-conscious of my uh, the abundance of freckles I had on my face. Like every yeah. young person, you're, all, you're always self-conscious about something or other. Yeah. So Pog is kiss. Pogini, as I said, makes it young or little. Yeah. So Pogini is lots of kisses. And then right. Grena is sun. So basically, Pogini Grena means sun kisses. And right. it's a wonderful way to describe freckles, which is yeah. what a lot of... I, I'm looking at the clock because I've got to go to Cheltenham, I've got to go everywhere. <laughs> I'm enjoying this, so I'm going to have to wrap it up in a few minutes. So we move on to place names then. Yes, as I said, the Irish language is all around us. Wexford, Loch Gorman. Uh, Loch is lake and Gorman is, is, has an Earl one for Corman, so Corman's Lake, because the, the sandbanks of Curraclough and Rosslair once joined together when sea levels were lower and it created a lake in Wexford. And it was named after a Corman who drowned in that lake. Gory, uh, speaking of sandbanks, Gura is Irish for a sandbank. So, Gura, yeah, that's what that means. In Escorti, there's a bit of, well, not many, I don't know if, uh, if there's, this is completely accurate because there's no quite, there's no real definition of what in Escorti is in Irish. Inish Corhig, the island of Corhig. Now, I don't know whether Corhig is a mythical figure or whether it's to do with the bend in the river, I'm not sure. Um, New Ross, Ross Vic Hroon, so that's like, Ross is like a wooded or uh, a wooded area or a headland. Vic is like the son of, and then Hruin is like a mythical figure from Celtic history. I'm not 100% sure who he is. Uh, Ross Lair, Ross Lair, so the middle headland. Yeah. So they're all placed, like the names in County Wexford literally describe our history and our landscape. Right, okay. 
um, practicalities of the Irish language before yeah. we conclude. In the St. Joseph's group, I was mentioned that I was going on the show this morning and one of the fellas left a voice note saying, the only Irish I remember is Anwil Cadigam Dolgadi on Letters, Moshe de Hulle. And he left a voice note and I listened to it and I said, that's absolutely perfect, that's brilliant. Are you going to name and shame that fella? I, I better not just in case, but a fair play to him for, does he, does for he saying kick, Does he kick for St. Joseph's? He used to anyway, yeah, he's a coach now. Oh, right. and, oh now we'll find him. We're narrowing it down now, yeah. So he said it so perfectly and it just reminded me that as a young lad in St. Sennon School in Escorty, yeah. I, I had to ask that question many times if I wanted to go to the toilet. So when you link the Irish language into an everyday practical task, yeah. that's how a language can survive and thrive by making it practical and yeah. I say force it for want of a better way right. forcing people to use it like you know you're always welcome Dane look forward to talking to you again soon um, thank you very much you wanted to leave us today with a quote from William Butler Yeats yes and but just in, in light of what we've discussed about uh, place names and native Irish animals, I think it's appropriate to finish on this quote by W.B. Yeats. The world is full of magic things waiting for our senses to grow sharper. Carmina Margot. Falter Road. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.